What's up, Hyperfast Nation? On this episode, I sat down with a member of the Kerry Scholl team. He has over a decade of experience in the real estate industry, started off in property management. So we talked a lot about that experience versus being an agent on the team and the tools that he was able to utilize at the Kerry Scholl team to have such a fast start in real estate. Welcome to the show, Drew Wadsworth. Welcome to the show today, Drew. Hey, well, thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah, we've got a lot of great stuff to talk about today. Uh, why don't you give the Hyperfast Nation yep. a little bit of your bio and background and how you got into real estate? All right. Well, perfect. So, uh, yeah, the, the spark note of it is, so I started out actually about 12 years ago now. I started more on the mm. property management side of the fence. Uh, so I was with Bizzuto for about eight years and Toll Brothers for three before joining the Carrie Scholl team. Uh, and yeah, so I've always kind of been in real estate. It's always been a passion of mine and, and I've, I've loved it since day one and have had a lot of different hats through the real estate journey. Um, but, but for me, I think when I uh, had the opportunity for the Carrie Scholl team, it was one I couldn't uh, turn down. And I've been happy ever since. I can't complain. What What were you doing on the property management side? Yeah. So um, I started off actually uh, right out of college. I was a sales and service associate. I think they call it sales and marketing now to make it a little bit uh, more more fun for mm. those uh, marketers coming out of college. But uh, but I started that. So it was all sales and just kind of renting out um, class A luxury high rise uh, buildings from there. Uh, kind of worked my way up the ladder to a regional manager at that front um, with Toll Brothers and oversaw our DC portfolio there. Um, but but yeah, so really from all the way through sales, operational management, um, you know, I found my kind of niche to be a lot in lease up uh, capacity. So delivering all the basically the, the, the properties from ground zero, no one in the building all the way through uh, stabilization around 95% full. So I uh, had buildings uh, ranging from 100 units up to 525 and had a portfolio of about 2,000 by the end of it. So it was uh, pretty big guys and also some boutique buildings in between. Wow. Uh, how was the transition from doing that to working with buyers and sellers, you know, buying and selling a home, like a much more... Uh, I guess I should say intimate level. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think probably the, the most seamless transition was, I mean, it's still a customer experience. And right. I think that is something that was very translatable from, you know, the more multifamily mixed use side and then obviously dealing with, you know, people at a much more intimate level, like you mentioned, and helping them buy a home. And it's a much more kind of one-on-one -on -one situation versus you're overseeing, you know, a massive community. Um, but I think probably, you know, that transition w was a little bit more seamless than maybe from other industries if you're coming into real estate because it really comes down to the customer journey. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think, you know, setting expectations are so key in real estate. And I think that kind of came hand in hand with even if it's a resident or you're obviously buying a home versus renting, it's still, you know, it's a pretty big transaction either way. It's, you know, the home is everything. It's a sanctuary. It's where people, you know, spend majority of their time. So I think that translation was very nice for me to know what expectations to set, um, you know, really delivering a class A professional journey for anybody, renter or buyer, 
and, and how important that is to, to any consumer today at the end of the day for there. What's been the more the most challenging thing about the switch? Yeah, uh, probably the schedule. Right. Uh, I think that's definitely you know I, I'm I'm used to working some pretty big hours and, and uh, real estate doesn't sleep whether it's uh, renting or buying for the most part. But I would probably say you know managing the schedule was probably something where you know there's still some structure even on the multifamily side. You know you got weekends people who don't really expect a response maybe after five six seven o'clock. But in, in in our side it's uh you could be talking at 11 o'clock in negotiations to make sure that you're that one step ahead over another offer to get it done. So I think um, between trying to navigate, you know, time management, um, really making sure that you're using your time efficiently uh, was something that I, I learned pretty quickly because you could uh, be out there a lot, not looking at anything really in particular, and you're realizing, hey, this is not worth the time. Um, you want to make sure that when you're with a, you know, a customer or a client that hey, you know, we're looking at XYZ because these are really great XYZ homes. They're not just going to be anything out there. And obviously there's a portion of that where you're feeling out neighborhoods and there's an element that will always come to it. But, um, you know, I think the schedule for sure is something that uh, it, it doesn't stop. But at the same time, you got to make sure that you're in control of that too. Hmm. And describe to the listeners and viewers what it's like being not just on the Carrie Scholl team, right? You, you didn't you didn't just join a real estate team. You right. joined the team within the team, yeah. correct? Yeah, huge. Um, I, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate with that because I, I have, you know, obviously with other friends and colleagues that are in other places, I think that's the one unique feature with the Carrie Scholl team is that you have such a massive amount of support within the team. Uh, from day one, you know, obviously I'm on a mini team here and, and having that mentorship and guidance was, I think, really paramount to my initial success. But I think on that other layer, just with the Carrie Scholl team, having the training uh, and, and really just the overall resources that we provide here, I think, you know, jumping into it, maybe some familiarity on my side with real estate and having a little bit of a background there is helpful. But there is a whole nother world to learn. And I think with our trainings, uh, even just the training right off the bat that we have and the amount of time and hours that we have, you know, just internally on that uh, was was critical to know off the bat, you know, how to make decisions quickly. Uh, time kills deals, I think everybody knows, but really understanding what you needed to know off the bat was just monumental and really making sure that my start was as successful as it was off the bat. And let's let's talk about the structure a little because you you are on a what I would call unique structure or this this program we have is a unique structure compared to the traditional agent starting out the traditional agent starting out as you know 100% commission so if you leave that uh, W2 job yeah it might be 90 to whatever 120 days till you know you close your first deal you know depending on how good you are at that but um, at any rate, there's going to be some gap where right. your paycheck is zero. <laughs> yeah. uh, yours is a little different, correct? Yeah. So, so you know, for, for me, you know, uh, yeah, joining the mini team was just was great. Um, you know, again, it's that team within the team. And I think, you know, having someone, you know, like Amy as well, just with her, her just background and success in general was amazing. And, yeah, going uh, from a $0 paycheck or, or not having any paycheck for your first month, you're like, holy cow, this is a, a different world, especially having been W2 for, for quite a while there. 
Um, but but yeah, no, I was I was also very fortunate. I was able to get my first uh, deal within a couple weeks of joining the team, um, which was fantastic. And then really having that snowball from there and just kind of using that momentum, picking it up, uh, and just being able to get obviously with our structure and the ISAs and getting a lot of uh, you know clients in from that side of the fence. Also fortunate from being here too, so I had a really pretty good SOI base as well. Uh, and a lot of my friends, uh, luckily enough, they're they're using me. Um, but but no, I think that was definitely something that was a little bit of a, a, a strange feel, not to have a paycheck. Um, but it didn't take long, fortunately, to to get those paychecks to start to come in. Uh, and that's a combination of you know how we work as a team, the ISA structure, uh, the support of our you know training, but also mini team as well. Yeah, that's one of the things that the Carrie Shoal team that we work hard at is to minimize that gap that new agents uh, have from when they get their license to when they get their first paycheck. So uh, we are, you know, dedicated to providing the leads, training, and support yep. to minimize that gap. We are also uh, have have a program which, uh, you know, if you're listening to this, maybe you've never even heard exist, but. It's a program where we actually bring some agents on as salaried agents, so you're guaranteed a salary. Uh, we are expanding that program as well. So if you're looking to join a real estate team in the D.C. area, uh, Northern Virginia, Maryland, uh, you know whether you're experienced or completely brand new, we have traditional commission-based roles as well as salary-based roles. You can go to carryshowcareers.com for more information on that or shoot me an Instagram at thedanlesniak. Shoot me a DM uh, there as well. Um, you mentioned SOI, right? So, the, so and, and ISAs and some terms that people may not yes. completely yeah. Get right understand. Yeah. So um, you know, I think a lot of agents in particular, probably are familiar with SOI, sphere of influence. Sure. So um, I think, you know, you mentioned you were you were getting some closings, some deals from that. Was that was that hard to, you know, go out and convince yeah. your friends? Your friends to say, hey, people you know, let me help you with yeah. the biggest uh, investment uh, of your life. Uh, you know, it, it definitely was uh, a little intimidating at first. I think that's something that, you know, you, you know you're friends you, you don't want anything that ever you know goes south or anything like that but uh, I think ultimately you know you you get a couple of deals obviously under your belt you're feeling really great um, you know you learn every single day I think that's one thing about this industry that's uh, that I love about it is that you never stop learning something's always you know, evolving or changing um, but yeah no I think you know it was uh, it was it was definitely something that you got to feel pretty confident about and, and obviously it's your friend so there's a little bit more of a pressure in there too ultimately and uh but i have been lucky to to be able to work with some really amazing friends to get in there that they uh they gave me the opportunity and, and at the end of the day too they they have choices and and i think that's something that you know a friend ultimately will have that like loyalty off the bat and they, they trust you because they obviously know you um but at the same time you know every experience you always want a plus again world-class experiences for for anybody whether that's a friend or not um but yeah it was it was a little intimidating to to say hey you know 
you, you got to make sure you balance professional and you know personal uh, relationships there and you got to still have those really tough discussions sometimes or just you know be candid about their home as well you know you're not going to their home to hang out uh you're going to, to sell it and ultimately you know there is a transaction and a business side to that that you want to make sure that you blend you don't want to maybe get too gray in those areas you want to kind of keep them black and white and I, I, I try to make sure I do a good job with that and set those expectations early with with a lot of my friends that are that are out there or family or whatever it may be um, just to let them know hey I'm obviously your friend but at the same time I want the best experience for you whether that's on the sell side to get the most amount of money as quickly as possible or on the buy side saying hey I want to make sure I get you the best deal out there so hey hold that thought do you want to get a hundred tips for free from my best selling real estate book, The Hyper Local, Hyper Fast Real Estate Agent. If you do, go to hyperfasttips.com and you can download 100 of my best tips today. Again, that's hyperfasttips.com. You can download 100 tips on how to grow your business, get more clients, deliver more value to more people. Go to hyperfasttips.com. How, how did the, the backing of the team help with SOI in, in particular. Obviously, you know, you you know them, you have the relationship, but they know you, and I think this is a challenge for new agents in particular. Yeah. Like they know you as Drew the property management guy, right? Or, you know, what this applies to, you know, whatever field you were in or whatever you were doing yep. before real estate. Uh, so how, how did the backing of the team help with that? Like leaning on the team's stats, reputation, yeah, no, absolutely. et cetera. Yeah. I mean, the Kerry Schull team is, is, is pretty well known right through the DMV area. I mean, we are the number one team out there and you really see once as I always tell my friends, once uh, they know we start talking about real estate, I was like the go-to guy for like a lot of renting questions and, and whatnot. Now it's not been nice cause it's been flipped obviously to the buy side. Uh, but I said, now that you know the Carrie Shull name, you will never not see her around the area. And it's so funny how <laughs> many of my friends are like, I saw her on the bus, and you know, I saw her into the sign, I saw the open house sign. So it's kind of funny, you know, once their mind starts to really realize and tick in about the Carrie Shull team, it, it's funny how much they, all my friends now say, like, they see us everywhere. Um, but I think the one nice thing with the team is, you know, they really helped me kind of like, I guess, you know, categorize and say, you know, who, who can we reach out to? You know, and kind of I sat down with, our head of sales and said hey you know let's kind of map out because you know being from this area is, is great but then you know so many people how do you really kind of focus in and say what what's the kind of best way to approach this and really say mm -hmm. this is where you should really kind of hyper focus not to take from the hyper fast hyper focus side but uh but you know i think that was something that was really helpful for me just to say okay great here's my niche uh you know this is where i would really like to focus on um, I think, too, being at the age that I am, a lot of my friends are either upsizing, you know, growing their families or getting out of that rental side and looking to buy for their first home. So I think that was a nice kind of just transition period as well. Um, but the team was really helpful in just making sure that, you know, hey, let's look at the whole map. Let's look at all your SOI and let's see where we can really kind of say this is where maybe we look in and focus a little bit more and how do we really kind of make that a more approachable conversation if it, if it doesn't come naturally, but um, that was definitely helpful for sure in that world. Yeah, I think, I think that's something that if you're a new agent, you should consider, um, you know, maybe you do have a big SOI network, et cetera. They know you from this past life, but uh, 
how will the brokerage or the team in particular, you know, help you to capitalize on those relationships? The other term you threw out, which some people may not be familiar with, so let's just dig into it a little bit. ISAs, and you mentioned yep. appointments, so it's inside sales agents, yeah. right? So here at the team, we, of course, have the big marketing department that generates the leads, but we don't just toss those leads, those those we'll call them semi-warm or warm leads at the agents. We actually have people on the phones that, you know, call them, vet them, uh, you know, scrub them, if you will, yeah. and, and then appoint or get appointments with right. the ones that are ready now. How has that affected your business? Yeah, uh, it, it's been great. And I think that's, the again, the one nice thing that I think we do a little bit differently here. And, you know, having the ISAs, you know, really have, as Daniel mentioned, you know, kind of go through the leads and get the ones that are really, you know, either motivated or, or obviously wanting to meet in front of a realtor and say, hey, I'm ready to make this journey. Can you give me a little bit more information about it? Um, but I, you know, have been able to really capitalize a lot on that front as well. Uh, I think that is a massive time saver on, you know, we are not spending hours upon hours just doing cold calls or just you know doing our own buckets of leads and hoping that we'll be able to get somebody in front of us um, i think you know having that resource and having our whole department that takes care of that for you so all you do is just go to the zoom or obviously better in person if they come down to the office and you're just having that meeting and saving hours and hours and hours of time in between that uh, which allows you to also then save hours to go out with that client mm. to go do showings um, spend time, you know, informing them, teaching them about the market, you know, whatever that might be, and you're not just wasting, I don't want to say maybe wasting, but you're not, you're not allocating all that time to hopefully get somebody in front of you. Um, and being able to get those buyer agreements signed right off the bat from those leads has been monumental in, in my initial uh, journey here and success so far. What, um, you know, y you joined, uh, almost a year ago, right? Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Uh, and the DC market then was in a low inventory yep. environment, as it really has been the last 10 years. I mean, you know, there's, there's been varying degrees of low inventory, I'd say, for the last decade in the Washington DC market. So it's probably been, depending on the area and the time, either low, very low, or almost <laughs> non-existent. Ne negligent. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, like negative inventory almost yeah, sometimes. There has been over the time that you've been here, the, the last year or so, what what patterns or shifts have you seen in the market, you know, in terms of inventory, if any, yeah. uh, and buyer, I guess, appetite to write the offer to, to, to get the home? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I would say even like in the last few weeks, even month, I mean, you've seen a little bit of a shift and it's happened kind of quick, uh, you know, between you know, one inventory has, has been upticking really since March, April. It's been nice to see a little bit more out there. Um, and I think you're kind of seeing that inflection point of, you know, a seller buyer market. I still think it's still a pretty seller market out there. 
but I think you're starting to see the sellers want to come out and really capitalize on that last bit of that seller's mm -hmm. market, uh, leading to some more inventory for sure. Uh, I think buyers, obviously interest rates is uh, the forefront of everybody's mind right now, but I still think there are motivated buyers out there and I think there's ways that you can kind of work around that and, and knowledge is power there and, and kind of seeing what their comfort levels are, their finances and so forth. Um, but we are starting to see a little bit of a balancing almost and I think it actually it depends how you look at it. It's all kind of framework and mindset on that front. You know, you might not see the eight to 12 offers on a home. You might only see three to four or five. Uh, a little bit more days on market, what we're seeing now, especially maybe more in that condo world. Single family is still pretty hot. Um, but I do think that, you know, you're kind of getting a balancing act through the market, uh, which I think is kind of the intent of a lot of the instruments being pulled and levers being pulled in the uh, financial world for, for that front. But I, I do think you're seeing you know, instead of those escalations of you know, 50, 75, $100,000, you're not catching those mm -hmm. as much anymore, which has been nice, but at the same time, interest rates have kind of eaten into that a little bit too. So it's all really a balance depending on you know, the number game and how you wanna approach it. Um, but I will say that yeah, it has been nice. I've gotten uh, even listing agents to call me back now, which has been good. Mm. Uh, before they, they were just like, yeah, we'll get an offer. There's no big thing on that one. But uh, they actually are following up with me too, which is a definitely a sign of uh, that the market has been turning a little bit towards uh, the buyer. So if you still want to buy, it's still a great time. There's no doubt about it. Uh, just making sure that you know you get pre-approved and get those numbers done right off the bat so you're knowing what you can go in with. That purchasing power is going to be key to uh, any start of the journey. Yeah, and um, <coughs> I guess so far we've seen inventory, man, and some, and I remember a few months ago in some parts of D.C., Northern Virginia, you'd see inventory that was like seven days, ten days. Yeah. <coughs> now, I think the general average of the entire area is like a month, which three months and less is considered a seller's market. Three to six is, right. you know, neutral. Over six, buyer's market. So we're we're still in that seller's territory but it's it's been closer to where we've historically in the last decade seen dc yeah. inventory so if you're if you are out there thinking of buying it's a lot easier not yeah. completely easy depending yeah, there, on depending on the home type and yeah. the neighborhood but exactly a lot easier than it was you know a few months ago for sure yeah i would completely <coughs> agree with that and i think you know it's actually kind of a, a you know Again, a, a maybe a little pocket to, to get in there where you're going to maybe see some of those buyers freeze a little bit and mm. kind of see what happens. Uh, so you're kind of losing a little bit of the demand on that side. The supply is coming a little bit better now on the sell side. So I think there is a nice pocket right now with uh, obviously interest rates, they're rising. I think they're going to continue to probably rise based on everything that's been out there. But I still think you can really get a, a pretty good deal right now that, that they exist. There's no doubt about it. And there's not as much pressure as there was last year for sure in some of those situations. Hey, hold that thought for a minute. Do you want to take your real estate business to the next level? If you do, there's no reason to go it alone. Learn from people who've been where you want to go. Carrie and I have sold billions of dollars in real estate. We've netted over seven figures for seven years in a row now. And we want to see if you would be a good fit to work for us. We don't work with a lot of people, but we want to give you a chance to get on a free strategy call to see if we can help you get your business to the next level. Go to hyperfastcoach.com and apply for your discovery session today. Again, that's hyperfastcoach.com. Yeah, I think the challenge for a lot of buyers is, is 
they're probably kicking themselves because they they missed out on the four percent interest rates yeah. and or, or threes even and now they're in the fives maybe even low sixes um you've got the property management side so you i'm sure you still are fairly in tune with the rental market yep. um how how is that affecting buyers ability to accept the higher interest rate because i assume on the one hand while that's painful uh so is seeing a double-digit percentage increase in your rent, yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, that that's a conversation with a lot of first-time home buyers I'll have. Um, and, and having such a background in the rental side and then knowing that, you know, there's no rent control in a lot of these new buildings. Uh, they're pretty much free to go wherever they, you know, they want. Uh, and that's going to be, you know, they, a lot of these buildings, too, I mean, they're they're it's kind of crazy. Like, Navy Yard is just blowing up. I mean, it's almost like every day there's a new building sometimes down there. Um, you know, same with Noma and a lot of those other kind of up and coming parts of the city. But, you know, that's the conversation I like to have with a lot of renters is, you know, hey, you know, it, it might be tough to eat that 6% because it was 3% maybe, you know, this time last year. But at the same time, you're not getting anything out of that and you're getting 20% increases on your rent, depending on when you rent. I mean, there's a lot of those, you know, pandemic rents that were in there just to say, hey, let's get people in, let's make sure that the building is full. And they got some probably amazing deals. The concessions out there and a lot of these new buildings is something to also, you know, that that's enticing for them to go on for another year, one free month or two free months, whatever it might be. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, in your long game, you're looking at a, a number that just doesn't make sense to continue down that path because you'll just continue to see that rent increase. It's rare any rent decrease. I think I maybe did one mm. uh, in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, you're, you're looking at an equation and it's always nice to do those kind of pre-qualification calls with lenders because they start to see immediately, oh my God, I can, it's almost the same thing as a mortgage as it is for your rent. Well, except for even in a normal buy. market, you're going to see a two to 3% rental increase a right. year, which after three years, that's, that's double digits, right? Um, you know, I, I, I looked at a multifamily deal and I'm sure this is going on everywhere in the country, but this was uh, in a different different area not in the dc market but the uh you know they're selling this deal with 38 units and the seller says <coughs> you know our, our rents are below market you can go from 1500 a unit which they're at now to right. 2000 so it's like a 33 percent increase in rent yeah and the you know the one of the uh buyer reps down there that i that i talked to said you know, maybe you could get that, but but it might be like eighteen fifty, right? So he's he's saying like worst case on that, like twenty three, twenty four percent increase. But yeah. but either way, you know, someone's gonna buy the deal. Yeah. And then thirty eight rents when they renew are going up twenty three to thirty three percent. Right. Yeah. And that's it's, I'm yeah, sure that's happening everywhere. Totally. Yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, the ultimate discussion. And I think that's where you kind of, you know, see again that point of, you know, do I continue to rent or is, is really buying going to be the spot? I think, you know, there's always the 
conception that everybody needs 20% down payment. I think that's usually one of those hurdles that you kind of talk about right off the bat too. You know, everyone thinks they need that amount and it's just not true. I think the national average is like 7.8 or something in terms of down payment. Uh, walking them through, you know, what programs are out there, uh, you know, what maybe they can use depending on income and, and a couple other factors obviously that would probably play into some of those programs. But knowing those are going to be important because you'll be able to educate them to say, hey, this is actually possible more than you ever thought. It, you don't need $50,000 right now to go buy a home. Uh, it could be substantially less than that. Uh, and really having those uh, conversations is just really the first step to make them know that it's actually doable. I think a lot of times you people just don't think it's possible and they just continue to rent because it's easier inherently. I mean, you're just saying, yes, another year, great. And then another year is another year, another year. You're looking at double digits at that point, you know, in terms of whatever rent increase you're getting. Um, but yeah, so it's 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 interesting to, to have as much of a background I have on the rental side and then seeing now on the buying side and, and really kind of blending both those worlds together to find that, that perfect spot for, for that next buyer. Yeah, and I, you know, I think right now if you're in that situation where you're kind of ready to lock in your cost of living, give up the, you know, unlimited uh, rental increases, yeah. uh, you know, you might not like the six, right? But you've got options. You can you can do an arm, get, yep. a, get it lower, you know, adjustable rate mortgage. You can put more money down to sure. reduce your payments. Um, Lots, lots of ways to deal with it. Um, what do you think uh, the market will do from here, both uh, nationally and and locally in the in the DC area? Yeah, uh, whew, big question, Dan. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, it's I think we'll probably see, and in, in what we have seen, you know, a little bit of a pause. I think everybody's mm. kind of trying to understand and navigate their own seas right now, and I think there's a lot of fear out there. I, I'd probably say that's probably a word that you would probably get in the word bubble if you were to ask, you know, 100 random people, what's their sentiment on the market right now? And I think, you know, to overcome that, I think that's where, you know, a skilled agent uh, with that, you know, getting the resources, whether they're from here internally on our team and just going out and making sure that you're current on everything. Uh, you know, a s smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. Uh, mm. And I think you really just need to make sure that you know what's going on for your client. Um, I think there'll be a little bit of a pause. I think we've seen that kind of everywhere. People are digesting, people trying to figure out what's happening with inflation, everything going on in the world. I do think you'll probably see maybe at the end of the summer a really nice pop. I, I think once people kind of understand what's going on, you know, whether they talk with an agent and, and kind of figure that out a little bit more or they kind of inform themselves and start to realize, okay, you know, 3% wasn't going to be here forever. Y you kind of get those clients too if they had been looking last year. They're kind of kicking themselves, as, as you right. mentioned, <laughs> and they're kind of getting over their own like, ah, shoot, I, I probably shouldn't have waited. And they're getting over that too. Uh, and you're getting new buyers that are coming on the market or sellers trying to say, hey, okay, what's going on here? Walk me through it. Um, so I think we'll probably see a, a little bit of, of, uh, of pause per se, uh, but I think that's going to be that digestion period. I think once you really get through that, you're going to get to August. You're going to probably see a, a pretty good fall would be my guess. I think you'll see a little bit of the kind of traditional Thanksgiving and winter kind of freeze in general where things kind of just slow down uh, at its own natural pace. But I think you're going to see things really start to pick back up through the end of the summer into an early fall. I'm pretty optimistic on that. Hmm. 
All right, Drew. Well, uh, I appreciate you being on the show today. I always like to wrap up with a hyper-fast round, if you're ready for some rapid-fire questions. Let's hit it. What's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate agent? Uh, organization. You definitely need to be organized right off the bat. Take the time to do it. It'll save you hours and hours on the, on the other file. What's the biggest mistake that you see successful real estate agents making? Uh, they stop. Uh, you got to keep going. You always have to keep getting the appointments. You always have to kind of keep the foot on the gas. You can't get comfortable. Uh, I think it's pretty easy once you get a couple to say, hey, things are going good. You got to keep it going. You never know what's going to happen. What's one thing most agents don't do that they should? Uh, be organized. <laughs> so, uh, How many deals are you on track to complete in your first year? Uh if we're looking at just year to year when I started, 25. All right. What's your goal for year two? Year two, 40. All right. Uh, where do you see yourself 10 years from now? That's a great question. Hopefully on a beach, hanging it <laughs> off and uh, retiring early. Uh, that'd be nice. Uh, hanging out with you down in Florida. Um, yeah. Uh, honestly, it's a great question. I, I, I'm not 100% sure. I think you just got to kind of ride the wave, see what happens. And uh, in 10 mm. years, if I could be retired, I would love to do that. All right. Thank you so much for being on the show today. If people want to reach out with you uh, or, and connect and, and learn more about buying and selling or just talk about real estate in general, what are the best ways for them to connect with you? Yeah, go ahead. Email me, uh, Drew at <coughs> GaryShulteam.com, uh, Instagram. You can follow me there, DMV Realtor Drew. And, uh, yeah, feel free to slide in the DMs, email, call, come on down to the office. Uh, pretty much always here. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. To all of our listeners and viewers out there, thank you for tuning in. And please share this episode with other people that you think would benefit from watching or listening to the episode. We'll see you next time. All right. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure and go to hyperfastagent.com to learn about upcoming in-person and online events. And don't forget to share this show with someone that you think could benefit from hearing it and make sure you subscribe on YouTube or anywhere that you can find podcasts. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyperfast Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyperfast shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests, improve our shows, and give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time. Hey guys, thanks for sticking around to the end. I hope you enjoyed that video, and if you wanna see more, click right here. And if you want 100 real estate tips from my best-selling book, click right here to download them instantly. And if you're new to this channel, click below to subscribe